Savage Youth. What's up, guys? How you guys doing tonight? You good? You look good. I am doing absolutely phenomenal, if you're wondering, because my boy Kai Dunn just saved our youth budget, ladies and gentlemen. Shoot your shot has been made. Proud of you, son. Uh, thank you for saving our youth budget. Let us know where you want your 142, and we'll get you your gift card. Uh, hey, welcome to Bridge Youth. If, if maybe this is your first time, I just want to say an extra special welcome to you, whether you're in the room or watching online. We just want to tell you how stoked we are that you chose um, to spend some of your time with us. We think that's so cool. Uh, we all have busy lives, so much stuff going on, um, the holidays around the corner, everything happened, and you chose to spend your Wednesday night with us. We think that's so awesome. So thank you for choosing to spend some of your time with us. We like welcoming our guests every single week by saying we are here to build you up, not? Yeah, we love you. We back you. You don't have to believe to belong here. We're excited that you've come and become a part of the family. Hey, if you've got a Bible, go to Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17 if you've got a Bible. Hey, uh, really quick, just a shout out for what's coming up at the end of the month. In two weeks, somebody say two weeks. Come on, say two weeks. What was that? One more time. Dos semanas. Is that really what it is? She said, I passed Spanish class in the eighth grade. Everybody say, dos semanas. Everybody say, dos semanas. Just in case you're not fluent in Spanish like me, that means two weeks, right? I didn't just like curse from stage or something. Uh, in two weeks, we have got our Halloween hype night. So in two weeks, um, we are we are people who, man, we love having moments where we approach God together. We have serious moments together. We have times of worship together. But we also have fun together. How many know that in every family, you have fun with your family? And so in a couple of weeks, we're going to do one of the most spiritual things that we can do. And we're going to have some fun together. We're going to connect. We're going to hang out. We're going to have a blast. Invite all your friends. This is the type of thing where like people who aren't normally like comfortable coming to church or they're like, you know, that's not really my thing. Like tell them that's fine. Like this, this night, like it's the type of night that you will love. I'm, we're not going to preach. There won't be a full message. We'll do some uh, worship. We'll do some hype worship. We'll have some games. We'll have candy. We'll do some dance competitions. Maybe we'll bring back the lip sync battles because I swear Kenneth team did not win the lip sync battle. Sorry. I don't even think he got second. Miranda's team team got second. Miranda's team got second. My team got first. We did baby from Justin Bieber. Bro, we had junior high boys rap ludicrous part, okay? <laughs> but it's going to be a lot of fun. Mark your calendars for dos semanas. Yeah, is that right? Come on. Come on now. But hey, tonight, somebody say tonight. Somebody say tonight. Tonight we're continuing. That was so bad, you guys. It was so. I'm going to give you a chance to redeem yourself. You didn't know when to start. So on the count of three, we're going to all do that together. One, two, three. Tonight. That's much better. Tonight we're continuing in our series entitled Stranger Things. Stranger Things. We're in week two of this series. Last week we talked about paranormal activity. If you weren't here, go watch the podcast. Go to our YouTube channel. Next week, somebody say next week. Next week, we're going to talk about zombies, but tonight, we are talking about ghosts. We're talking about ghost stories. We have a ghost story we're going to dig into tonight. Here's the thing. 
goes, <laughs> some junior hires are like, wait, what are we talking about? I forgot to bring my teddy bear <laughs> and my mommy. <laughs> uh, ghosts have kind of captivated humanity for, for centuries. When you dig into history, you see a ton of legend. You see folklore. There's a massive amount of stories. We even now, we have movies. There's books. People are kind of obsessed with the idea and the concept of ghosts. But what does the Bible have to say about ghosts? Pretty much nothing. <laughs> the Bible says almost nothing about the existence of ghosts. Really, there's about two times in all of Scripture where we see something that kind of sounds like ghosts, kind of looks like ghosts. There's a couple times when, when people are scared, like the disciples are scared when they see Jesus walking on the water in the middle of the night, in the middle of the ocean, in the middle of the sea, and uh, uh, in the middle of a storm as well. And they go, oh, it's a ghost. Like they think he's a ghost, but like there's really no moments in Scripture where you see ghosts actually have. And this is a book that's been recorded over thousands of thousands and thousands of years, 66 different books, and we have little to no evidence of ghosts. So what are you saying, Corey? Here's what I'm saying. Ghosts probably aren't real, at least within the kind of way in which we interpret ghosts. Spirits, spirits are real. See, there's really not much biblical evidence for people's spirit hanging around, sticking around, saying, you know what? I lived my life, but I ain't done yet. I'm going to chill in this creepy, creaky, old house on the corner of the cul-de-sac. It's just really not biblical. Scripture talks a lot about how there's a verse in the Bible that says to be absent from the body is to be in the presence of God. There really isn't any in-between, best we know according to Scripture. So what are you saying, Corey? I'm saying when people start messing with what they think are ghosts, they're not messing with ghosts. They're messing with some other stuff, and that's some stuff you don't want to mess with. Look at your neighbor say, don't. Look at your other neighbors. Say, don't do it. Don't do it. But tonight, what we're going to do, we're going to dig into one of really two stories in the Bible that kind of sound like maybe. Somebody say maybe. Maybe ghosts. And this is a, this is a story found in Matthew chapter 17. If you've got a Bible, if you've got a paper Bible, open up to Matthew chapter 17. First book in the New Testament. If you've got a device, open up Matthew 17. Go to the NLT. I'll be reading NLT. If you're like, I ain't got a Bible, Corey. Don't worry about it. It'll be on the Sky Bible. But this here is a story commonly known as the Mount of Transfiguration. And we're really not going to, like, focus on, like, last week, we didn't really focus on the paranormal activity. We're not going to really focus on the ghosts, but rather the lessons we could learn from a story that seems a bit like ghosts. Before we jump into the scripture, let me give you your sermon in a sentence. Now, tonight's sermon in a sentence is coming at you in form of a question. And this is a question I kind of want ringing in your heart all through tonight's message, all through the rest of this evening. The question is this. Are you engaged? Write that down if you're taking notes. Are you engaged? No, I'm not talking about you got a ring on the fourth finger of your left hand and some boy got down on a knee. I pray to God that ain't nobody in here except for maybe some of our leaders are engaged, okay? If some boy in the in between, at lunchtime before fifth period, before he had to go to biology, like popped the question and gave you a ring pop, you tell him no. <laughs> Heck no. <laughs> not a chance in the world. All right, But are you engaged by the true sense and definition of the word 
which we'll dig into a bit tonight. All right, Matthew chapter 17. We're going to read eight verses. Matthew 17. Would you stand in the honor of the reading of God's word? Wednesday night, it's leg day. We like standing when we read God's word. Here is what it says. You ready? Anybody else love the Bible? I love the Bible. Anybody else love the word of God? It's fun, it's alive, it's active. Last week we talked about paranormal activity. Next week we're going to talk about zombies. Tonight we're talking about maybe? Somebody say maybe? Maybe ghosts. Here we go. Matthew 17 verse 1. Six days later Jesus took Peter and two brothers, James and John. So who did he take? He took Peter, James, and John. Peter, James, and John. And he led them up a high mountain to be alone. Who's already, like, checked out? You're like, no, I'm afraid of heights. I'm not going, right? Like, anybody else, like, you're the type that when you are at Six Flags, you look at the top of Lex Luthor's Drop of Doom, and you're like, yes, let's do this. And then you're, you're, you're at the top, and you're like, why did we do this? <laughs> like, why am I up here? And that's how I feel about skydiving. Anybody else, like, you want to skydive? Like, I would love to skydive. Bucket list for me. I, I, I'm, it's going to happen. I'm going to go skydiving one day. But of course I'm saying that confidently with both feet on the ground. I'm going to get up there and be like, why did I do this? Like, I love Jesus, but I'm not trying to meet him today, you know. (laughs) So here's what it says. They went up on a high mountain to be alone. Verse number two. As the men watched, Jesus' appearance was transformed into a big rig truck like Optimus Prime. No. (laughs) He was transformed so that his face, check this out, it shone like the sun. It was a bright light, brighter than any light that we could conjure up in this room. It shone like the sun, and its clothes became as white as light. Suddenly, Moses and Elijah appeared and began talking with Jesus. Some of you um, who didn't grow up with the VeggieTales and with Father Abraham had many sons, and many sons had far. See, some people in this room right now are like, y'all weird for that. And you kind of are. But if you grew up with Father Abraham and VeggieTales, you know Moses, Elijah. I know who these guys are. If you, like me, did not grow up in church, you're probably thinking, who's Moses? Who's Elijah? Moses was a guy in the Old Testament who gave God's people the Ten Commandments. He gave them the law. Moses was also the guy who freed the Israelites from slavery from Egypt. Elijah was what what, um, the Bible calls a prophet. He was a dude that was pointing to God, and he actually prophesied a bit in his ministry about about Jesus. And so we got the guy who gave him the law, and we got a prophet. It'll be in a little way kind of important later. But the big thing is these two guys, Moses and Elijah, get this. They'd both been dead for hundreds of years. So someone say, maybe? It kind of sounds like ghosts. James, John, Peter, they see Jesus, but they also see two guys that have been dead for hundreds of years. Now, what happens next? But even as he spoke, you know, uh, sorry, back up, back up one verse. Verse number four, Peter exclaimed, Lord, it's wonderful, wonderful for us to be here. If you want, I'll make three shelters as memorials, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Verse five, but even as he spoke, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, <clears throat> in my best, best Darth Vader voice, sorry, Jackson. <sighs> Peter, <laughs> I get serious, guys. Get serious. It's the word of God. <clears throat> this is my beloved son, 
who brings me great joy. Listen to him. I don't know if it sounded like that. It's probably more masculine. God doesn't sound like a prepubescent boy. But he said, he said, hey, Peter, be quiet and listen to Jesus. This is my son with whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. The disciples were terrified and they fell face down on the ground. Of course they did. Like, there's maybe ghosts. Jesus is shining as bright as the sun. A cloud comes over and a voice from heaven begins to speak. And they fall face down, terrified. Verse number 7, then Jesus came over and touched them and said, hey, get up. Don't be afraid. And they looked up. Moses and Elijah were gone. Maybe the ghosts just disappeared. They were gone. And they saw only Jesus. Before you sit down, let's pray. God, you're good. We love you. Speak to us tonight. God, um, please help Devontae Adams to not get suspended for pushing that photographer. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, grab a seat. Uh, have you ever had something, have you ever had something like super awesome, like extraordinary happen right in front of you? Have you ever had something extraordinary happen right in front of you? One time, um, Amber and I, we had, gone to, uh, we had gone to a graduation of one of our students. She went, to, um, she went to Biola. She was graduating from Biola. We went to her graduation. Afterwards, we all went to In-N-Out. And so we're at In-N-Out, and it was packed. So we're sitting outside, and um, while sitting outside, kind of out of the corner of my eye, sort of around the building, I hear some shouting. I hear what seems like some, you know, commotion. And then out from behind the building, I see a guy walking out who looks like one of the characters from Duck Dynasty, right? Like he's scraggly, huge beard, straw hair, dirty clothes. And what stuck out to me most wasn't the beard or the kind of stringy hair or the dirty clothes. What stood out most to me um, was the machete that was on his back. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, well, that's interesting. Maybe he's bringing the machete to, you know, for the spread on his double-double. I don't know. But then, rounding the corner, he turns around and he starts yelling at somebody who hasn't yet appeared from around the corner. He's yelling at him, blah, blah, I ain't got to listen to you, this, that, the other. Turns and he keeps on walking. So I see him keep on walking. He walks not but five feet from our table, right? We, I said there the machete was still in the sheath on his back. So it wasn't yet concerned. If he pulled out the machete, I would have stood up and like a man protected my bride as I called 911 and screamed. <laughs> as I, don't clap too hard. By protect, I mean intercede in prayer, okay? <laughs> so as he walks by, I look back around the corner and I see the person that he's yelling at the person he's screaming, the person he's in an argument with. And this guy that rounded the corner was wearing a badge and a gun. He was a cop. I said, (laughs) as the cop chased him down right past our table and tackled him to the ground, not but 10 feet away from us. I'm sitting there like, You can hear in the video that I took, Amber goes, Corey, put down your phone. I was like, why? This is crazy. It's happening right in front of us. Have you ever had something so extraordinary happen right in front of you? See, like, you can watch cops and see that happen, and it's like, whatever, right? Oh, cool, another episode of cops. But when it happens 10 
feet away from you, that proximity makes it extraordinary. If you're taking notes, here is your first point. Write this down. If you don't, you'll get no candy in your Halloween bags. You will only get like fruits, vegetables, and cheesy Bible tracks, okay? Write this down. Point number one, proximity leads to the extraordinary. Proximity leads to the extraordinary. Now, the guy with the machete, that was a pretty crazy story. But Matthew 17, this kind of ghost story, this story is so crazy. Jesus' body is transfigured. He's shining like the sun. Uh, uh, Moses and Elijah, two guys who are maybe ghosts, are there talking with Jesus up on this high mountain. Was was Moses and Elijah ghosts? I don't know, but this much is at least for sure. It was extraordinary and it was miraculous. But it all started with proximity. Somebody say proximity. There is power in proximity. There is power in proximity. You remember our, our, um, our sermon in a sentence, the question, are you engaged? I want to, you know, I, obviously when we use the word engage, we'll automatically begin to think about like proposal, engagement, getting ready to get married. Like, okay, let's kind of go there. Let's sort of head in that direction, right? Imagine, imagine, ladies, all the ladies in the room, ladies. Hey, all the ladies in the room say, hey. hey. Imagine the, the, like, the boy of your dreams, the boy of your dreams. Like just picture for a moment the boy of your, first off, you, you shouldn't have a boy of your dreams until you're a woman and he's a man of your dreams, okay? But that's neither here nor there. That's not the message we're preaching tonight, all right? Um, but imagine the boy of your Imagine, like, I don't know, like you're strong in your faith. You've grown up in the church. You've, you, you, you've graduated high school. You went off to college. You got your degree. You're doing well in life. Things are coming together. You're, you're, you're dating the boy of your dreams. Your parents approve. His parents approve. You get financially stable. I'm just trying to, like, check all the boxes so that, like, your parents don't email me about me doing this little illustration. And then after everything's ready, your parents have said yes. His parents said yes. Everybody's cool with it. God came down in the cloud like he did on the Mount of Transfiguration and said, yo, it's cool. You guys can get married. And then imagine this. Imagine he gets ready to propose. Oh, here's the moment. <laughs> and you get, you get a, a text, a picture of a box of a ring, and he says, will you marry me through a text? Imagine, imagine you get from the boy of your dreams, right? Don't forget, it's the boy of your dreams. It's not some rando, like, nobody. He's the boy of your dreams, okay? Imagine you get a snap. First off, delete Snapchat. Second off, you get, <laughs> uh, that's not the message we're preaching tonight, all right? <laughs> Imagine you get a snap and the picture you, you're like, oh, look at that. It's from the boy of my dreams. And then you open it and it's him literally down on one knee with a, with a ring and the snap says, will you marry me? <laughs> the junior high boys in the room are literally like, so don't do these things? <laughs> you're telling me no? <laughs> Imagine he like, you're on FaceTime, right? Okay, you get the picture. I don't got to keep on going, right? Isn't, 
isn't engagement like a really, really significant moment? Like, guys, if you don't realize, like, a lot of girls, they, they dream about this moment for their whole lives. And, <laughs> and now here's the thing. That moment is so powerful, it demands proximity. Right? <laughs> Calm down, ladies. <laughs> like, he should absolutely 100% ask your father first. Once that's out of the way, then next, he should be face-to-face -face with you, close enough to where you see him get down on one knee, and he grabs your hand, and he asks you, and then you say, hopefully, yes. Um, not like that one video of the, <laughs> the girl, and she's at a basketball game in front of everybody, and she says, no, like, oh, dude, that's so messed up. Like, just say yes on the spot, and then once he's not on the Megatron screen, you know, then be like, hey, never mind. But, <laughs> but then you say yes, and then he should be, he should have enough proximity that he can actually grab your hand and put the ring on the fourth finger of your left hand, right? Why? Because proximity matters. Hear me. Hear me. Proximity matters. And there's power to proximity, both for the good and the bad. Both for the good and the bad. There are, there are moments where, where you have proximity with things that will bless your life. And then you have moments where there's proximity with things that's like you don't want anything to do with. Proximity has powers. And proximity with Jesus, somebody say Jesus. Proximity with Jesus will absolutely lead to the extraordinary. Hang out with Jesus long enough, and I promise you this, that the extraordinary will begin to happen. Proximity with Peter, James, and John... All they were was close to Jesus. And this moment happens that's insane. It's miraculous. We are 2,000 years later still reading this story, still talking about the Mount of Transfiguration. Proximity has power. And it will lead to the extraordinary. But this is also why, let me just dig in for one quick moment. This is also why you should not have proximity regularly with certain people. Be careful who you let too close. And like our youth leaders get this all the time. You want to know the number one, the number one reason. Somebody say number one. The number one reason why people walk away from God. You want to know the number one reason? The number one reason why people leave church, leave community, leave a relationship with God? Because they get into proximity, into relationship with people that they should not be in proximity with. And they'll always hit the youth leaders with the same thing. But, but, but they'll tell their connect group leaders, like, hey, you shouldn't be dating this, this person. You shouldn't date them. They'll be like, but they're so hot. It's so is hell, right? Like, And proximity with certain people will drag you down. And if you have proximity with Jesus, it will lead to the extraordinary. Somebody say amen. Here's the scariest thing about proximity. The scariest thing about proximity is that you can have proximity and not be engaged. See, so much of life comes down to place and time. Somebody say place. Somebody say time. So much of life will come down to place and time. 
What are the places you go to? Where do you spend your time? Does your, does your life kind of seem like a mess? Does it seem like you're constantly finding yourself in trouble? Does it seem like there's always moments where friends are divided and there's division and there's gossip and there's always drama? Does it seem like every time you look over your shoulder, something's going wrong? Does it seem like every five seconds your parents are on your back about another thing that you shouldn't be doing? Well, can I tell you, you can't spend your whole life in the wrong place at the wrong time and expect the right results. Be careful. And life in so many ways comes down to place and time. And one of the dangerous things about this is that, is that hear me, there is times when you can be in proximity. Somebody say proximity. You can be in proximity to God and because you're not engaged, you miss the moment. Can I tell you, this is, this is why we do everything we can at youth to fight distractions. See, because we're fun and we're focused. Like, we believe that church should be enjoyed, not endured. Right? We think that, that some of your funnest memories, some of the greatest times and the greatest relationships for sure that you'll develop will happen in the house of God. But we're also focused. And this is one of the reasons. is because, like, you know who had proximity to Jesus? Judas. Judas was really close to Jesus, and he betrayed him. He missed what God was doing through Jesus, and forever is known as the one who betrayed him. So you can be close to Jesus and not close to Jesus. So beware when you have proximity, but you're not engaged. See, engagement Engagement in these moments is what will lead to closeness with God. Set yourself up where you're in the right place at the right time. See, Peter, James, and John, they were kind of just in the right place at the right time. And Jesus is like, hey, guys, I'm going up on a mountain. Want to come with See, this is, why, this is why I worry about y'all that are like, yeah, I come to church like once every six weeks. <laughs> you continually put yourself in proximity to Jesus. I promise, I promise you this, that extraordinary things will begin to happen. Amen? Hey, as the band starts heading up, um, I'm going to start landing this plane. Here's the second point. Number one, proximity leads to the extraordinary. Number two, don't miss it. Everybody look at Kai Dunn and say, don't miss it. Kai Dunn, look at everybody and say, I didn't. <laughs> Thank God somebody made shoot your shot. Don't miss it. See, you can be in proximity but not engaged, and you know what will happen. You could miss it. Peter almost missed it. Peter almost missed this amazing, miraculous moment. God's doing something phenomenal here. Jesus is in a miraculous moment, and he almost missed it. Did you know, did you know that dolphins only sleep with half of their brain? I know, like, hear me out. I am, I am such a nerd when it comes to, I was going to say, like, marine biology, but I'll just say when it comes to pretty much everything. Like, when it comes to, when it comes to comics, when it comes to anime, when it comes to video games, when it comes to everything. And when it comes to marine biology, I am such a nerd. I especially love sharks, but tonight we're going to talk about dolphins. Do you know dolphins only sleep with half of their brain? 
It's kind of crazy. Like, and, and, and uh, that when they sleep with half of their brain, what happens is that the other half of their brain stays alert. And they, they actually only sleep with one eye closed, too. So when the right side of their brain is, uh, is sleeping, their left eye will be closed. And they do this pretty much for two reasons. Number one, they do this as uh, their way of not drowning. And then because they, they have to actually consciously breathe. You and I, we breathe and we don't even think about it until you think about it. And then you have to think about breathing in order to keep breathing. And then you stop and you think, am I going to have to think about breathing forever? And then you forget about it five seconds later and you just start breathing normally, right? But not dolphins. Dolphins have to consciously breathe all the time. And so they can never go to sleep because if they do, then they suffocate or drown. And so they sleep with half their brain and they also keep one eye open. The second reason they do this is to watch out for potential danger. So dolphins pretty much never miss anything. When one side of their brain uh, sleeps, what they'll do is they'll, they'll get the rest that they need, and then they'll switch sides, and they'll sleep with the other side of their brain. It's incredible. And I'm not saying that you and I should, like, never rest and get sleep. That's not what I'm saying at all. God actually designed us to get rest and to sleep fully unconscious and, you know, have full rest, knowing this, that he's in control anyways. We don't have to always keep an eye out. We're in his hands. He'll protect us. He'll guide us. His hand's on us. But what if we took a little page out of the dolphin's book like this. Well, I'm going to always just be engaged so I don't miss something. The question is, like, how do we do that? Because Peter almost missed it. Peter was up on this mountain, and, and he did some stuff that kind of made him nearly miss the moment. He, kinda, he opened his mouth too quickly. He spoke when he shouldn't have. Like, I totally relate to Peter in this moment. Like, has anybody ever said something, and immediately you said, why did I say that? <laughs> You're like, ah, oh, stupid, 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 stupid. <laughs> like you ever, has anybody ever started a joke and then you forget the punchline halfway through? You're like, oh no. And instead of just being like, yo, I totally forgot the punchline. You like try to talk your way out of it and create a punchline on the spot and it never works and you leave totally embarrassed. Like that's me, dude. Like I will often just talk too soon. And Peter was that guy. And Peter kind of opens his mouth too soon and nearly sabotages this moment. But what if we were constantly alert of what God was doing and ready to have a moment with him? The question is, how? Look at your neighbor, say, how? Here's how. Three things. Look, respond, listen. Look, respond, listen. Look, respond, listen. Let's break it down. Number one, look. Look for what? Look for the moments Keep an eye out. Keep an eye out. Look, I'm all about having fun, having the time of your life. But you know how many times God moved when the, the Bible says that Jesus was on his way. And then, boom, God moves. God does something. Last week's story, the paranormal activity story with the guy Legion in the book of Mark. Jesus wasn't even going to be there. He was literally passing through. It was his layover flight. And, and going from one boat to the next, boom, this huge moment happens. What if we just kept an eye open and we just looked for those moments? What if you don't just go to school to go to school? What if there's God moments that have been right in front of you, but you just haven't been looking for them? The second one is respond. Respond to what? Respond to the invitation. Can I tell you the gospel? The gospel is the great invitation. The gospel is God inviting you into his family, into his work, into his kingdom, into what he's doing. Who got to go up to the mountain? Do you guys remember? Who was it? Three guys. What were their names? Peter? John? One more. 
James. Peter, James, and John. Anybody know, like Bible trivia, how many disciples were there? There were 12 disciples. 12 subtract three is, now where were the other nine guys? Okay, here's something controversial. Jesus didn't invite them. Jesus invited Peter, James, and John. What a privilege to an intimate moment. And Peter, James, and John, they responded to that invitation. They stepped into it. Can I tell you, there are so many moments in your life where God is legitimately inviting you by name into an intimate moment. And sometimes we are so distracted by the world. I love what Wyatt was talking about in transition. Man, saying like, let's push aside the distractions and see what God will do tonight in this moment. Sometimes life is the distraction that helps us to not respond to the invitation. Sometimes there's people around us that are just distract. Even, even in moments at church where we're like, I'm up at the altar and I'm about to have a moment. And sometimes me, even me, I need to move out of the way from some of the people that I know around me. Because I'm like, Amber, you're looking too hot. You're distracting me. I need to go walk over here so I can have a moment with God. Sometimes, sometimes it's our own thoughts that are our distractions. And, 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 and all of a sudden, we don't respond to this invitation where God is by name. Like, I want to have a moment with you. So respond to the invitation. And then lastly, listen. See, Peter, James, and John, they all, they all were looking for the moments. They all responded to the, to the invitation. But Peter almost messed up this last part. They listened. How often do you just like silence everything around you? You press mute on every other voice around you and you just listen for the voice of God? I hear people all the time, Pastor Corey, I haven't heard from God. I can't hear from God. I, I don't hear God's voice. I say, well, when do you listen? When do you quiet everything else around you? Because you wake up for school at like 4 o'clock in the morning, and you got to be out the door at like 4.05. And so you get ready, you get dressed, you get out the door, you run out the door. Mom is yelling at you, don't forget your lunch. You get your lunch, you run to school, you go to practice. After practice, you, you, you go to first period, you go to second period, you go to third period, you go to fourth period, you go to lunch, you hopefully go to student venture tomorrow, Dorothy McElhaney. After, after lunch, you go to fifth period, you go to sixth period. Oh, you got practice again after school. After practice, you have that one club thing that you do over here so you go and do that and then also well you can't just play basketball at school you also play travel ball so then you go and you play travel ball and you do that thing over here and you're over there and then you got this thing over here you got the book club that you're a part of because mom made you be a part of the book club so you go to the book club and you do all that and then also you go over here and then it's like then you get home and it's like I don't know 3 30 and you got to wake up in 30 minutes to go back to school and do it all again when do you stop and listen to I'm not hearing God no you're not listening can I tell you, just about every moment of every day, God is right there like, hey, I got a personal invitation for you to have an extraordinary moment with me. And sometimes we just have to stop 
everything and take time to listen. I went to Pastor Gary, our lead pastor today, and I was talking to him about this passage and, and I was talking to him about, you know, one, one other thing I'll break down for you in just a moment. I was like, what do you think about that? Is that like, like, is that good biblical application? Is it, is, it, is, it, is, it, is it accurate to the text? And he says, yeah, totally. Like, I love that perspective and that angle. He's like, but you know what, Corey? You know when I read this? You know how I, how I read this, the way that God talks to, to Peter here? I was like, how? He's like, I kind of read it like this. God is like, hey, Peter, shut up, dude. <laughs> Would you just listen? This is my son. And he'll change your life. He'll change everything. Would you just listen? How often do we just stop and listen? But here's the thing. Here's the other way that Peter almost sabotaged this moment. Peter said, if you remember, oh, oh, it's, uh, it's really good that we're here. <clears throat> He's like, I, can, I see his voice cracking. Oh, Jesus, <clears throat> Jesus, it's really good we're here. Um, I should build some tents. What do you, yeah, I'll build three tents. One for you, I'll build a tent for Moses. I'll build a tent for Elijah. What do you think? He's like, what? What are you talking about, Peter? Like, I, I feel like James and John looked over like, bro, are you embarrassed? But the thing is, is what he was building, these tents, they were like monuments. So for thousands of years, the people of God, when they had a moment with God, they would build these kind of monument tents to signify like, oh, here's like a moment that, that, that we had with God here. It was, like a, it was like this religious tradition. And I really feel like what's happening here is God is like, Peter, don't approach my son religiously. Listen to him. Listening is one half of dialogue. Dialogue and conversation, that is what we call relationship. God says, Peter, don't approach my son religiously. Approach him relationally. This has nothing to do with ritual. This has everything to do with moments spent together. Don't miss what God's doing because you, you approach him religiously. Oh, I have to do this. I have to do that. Instead, approach God relationally, knowing that maybe he wants to do something brand new. You know one of the most heartbreaking things as a pastor? I've been a pastor for 13 years. One of the most heartbreaking things about being a pastor is when is when you can see God trying to do something in someone's life. God's trying to work in somebody's life. And they're just missing it. And you like, you almost want to like grab them and shake them. And tell them like, hey, pay attention. Open your eyes. Don't miss it. Can I tell you tonight, right now, in this moment, don't miss what God's doing right here, right now. Were Elijah and, and, and Moses ghosts? I don't know. But this was an extraordinary moment that Peter, James, and John almost missed. I don't want you to miss it. Are you engaged? 
you have proximity with God? Are you close to him? Because if not, you're gonna have the opportunity to respond to the first invitation he gives us. Would you just come and be in a relationship with me? No, I, 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 I can't. Like I've messed up too many times. And he's like, don't approach this religiously. Approach this relationally. No, you don't know my past. And God's like, yeah, I do. I know everything. And I still wanna be in relationship with you. If you've never made that decision, you're gonna have that opportunity right now. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? all across this place in this this public setting but this private moment you're going to have an opportunity to respond don't miss it the Bible says that today is the day of salvation don't put off to tomorrow that which you can do today don't miss what God's doing in this moment Don't continue to live life without proximity to God, without relationship to Him. If you're in this place and and you want that nearness to God, you want closeness to Him, you want a relationship with Him, you want to walk life with Him, I'm going to ask you to respond in a really simple way. In just a couple seconds, I'm going to count to three. And then when I get to three, I just want you to lift your hand and you can put it right back down. When you're doing this, you're not saying yes to me. You're not saying yes to the Bridge Church. You're not, you're saying yes to God. You're saying yes to a relationship with Jesus. You're saying yes to forgiveness of your sins. You're saying yes to having proximity with God. You're saying yes to having a moment with Him right here, right now. The best moment that you can have in your life. An eternity changing moment. If you want that, when I get to three, you put your hand up, you put it right back down. Here we go. One, two, three, go. All of this place. Amazing. You can put your hands right back down. It's the best decision you can make with your life. I promise you that. The Bible says, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and he rose from the dead and you'll be saved. That's what we're going to do right now. We're going to pray together. Prayer is just words that we say with our mouth. But wrap your heart around this. Say it right out loud. Everybody say this. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I know you're a savior. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. So tonight, I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you everything. I don't want to miss it. Thank you for receiving me. Thank you for forgiving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we welcome people into God's family right now? Hey, that's not the end of the journey. It's just the beginning. We want to help walk these next uh, this next week of your faith journey out with you with something we call the next seven days. So uh, if you just prayed that prayer, maybe for the first time, maybe you're rededicating your life, we want to walk this out with you. Um, this is a free gift that's going to be seven videos for you to watch. They're really quick. They're short. But I promise you this. They'll bless you. They'll help you. They'll help answer some of the questions you might have. They will, uh, they'll help connect you with a leader. And they'll help kind of track you through this first week of your faith journey. You you can get them really easily go to our instagram at bridge yth underscore and then just dm us the words next seven and we'll handle the rest hey one more time can we welcome people into god's family all right here's what we're gonna do right now nobody distracting anybody because i want to have one more moment together where we get some proximity with god we have a moment with him 
Can I tell you that you don't have to go up on a high mountain like Peter, James, and John to have a moment with God? And there's an open invitation right now. So nobody distracting anybody. Don't miss this moment. Would you guys stand to your feet? Would you head to the front? My man Luke, would you, would you head over and help me out? I want you guys one more time to, nobody distracting anybody here. Don't miss this moment. What's up, Luke? How are you doing? <clears throat> um, this is Luke. Everybody say hi, Luke. This is Luke's bag of trash. Here's the thing. God, when he gives you your, the invitation into his presence, I love that the invitation stands like this. Come just as you are. Anybody ever, you don't got to raise your hand, but anybody ever invite someone to church and they're like, no, no, I'm, I'm too messed up. I can't tell you, you don't have to raise your hands, but you're like, yeah, I have. They always, it's always like, they hit you with the like, oh no, man, if I step into church, my feet will start burning. Because they have this wrong perspective about God, right? He says, come just as you are. But can I tell you the best way to come to God is to come to God just empty-handed. Here's the thing, grab, grab a hold of that trash with both hands real tight, Luke. God's word is called a treasure. And if I were to go to Luke right now, I'm like, oh, well, you're so preoccupied with your, it's dripping. That's because there's trash in there, bro. God knows what that is. That could be milk. <laughs> Luke can't even like receive the treasure because his hands are full. He's so preoccupied with his trash that he can't focus on the treasure. But if I'm like, Luke, my guy, dude, I want so bad for you to know this treasure that is Jesus, that's God, a relationship with him, the greatest fulfillment you'll ever know, the greatest relationship you'll ever have. You ever meet somebody that's just holding on to the trash of life? They're just holding on to the things that'll never ever do anything to move their life, but it'll never give them fulfillment, it'll never give them joy. I want to show you guys what it is that you need to do. If you've been holding on to some trash, the trash is the thing that steals your focus. It steals your attention. You guys watching? Look at, look at, look at, look at. You ready, Luke? You ready? You ready? Hey, man, I want to give you this treasure. Here you go. <laughs> he didn't drop the Bible. <laughs> to receive the treasure, he had to drop the... To receive the treasure, he had to drop the... Listen to me so closely. Thank you so much, Luke. Appreciate you, bro. Can you take the, can you, can you take the, the trash with you? Whoa, wait, wait. One more time. What'd you just say? Say it again. One man's trash is another man's treasure. One man's trash is another man's treasure. But listen, but listen, too often we treasure the things that are trash and we call the things that are treasure trash. Hear me, too often we're sitting there holding on to the garbage that pulls us away from God, that pulls us away from our identity, that pulls away from us from fulfillment, that pulls us away from joy, that pulls us away from peace, that pulls us away from all the things God has for us. And then we go, oh, I've got mental health issues. You don't got mental health issues. You got doing things that's bad for your mental issues. 
You spend seven hours a day on TikTok and wonder why you're depressed. And then you get to moments like this and hear me, hear me, hear me. And then you get to moments like this and you can't grab your focus and attention for 30 seconds to have a moment with God. What's the trash that's stealing your focus? Drop it, drop it. Close your eyes, close your eyes. Forget you're in a crowded room. Forget there's anybody standing next to you. This isn't their moment, this is your moment. This is the amazing thing about our relational God. Is in a crowded room, he can, have, he can have 250 individual moments. Eyes closed, forget there's anyone else around you. Don't miss this moment. Don't miss this moment. Don't worry about what the people around you are doing. distracting anybody this is your moment mark chapter 17 this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy listen to him do you struggle to hear from God when do you listen to him listen to him right now forget who's around you We have this moment, we created this atmosphere, this environment, so that you don't miss this moment with God. You're in proximity to Him right now. Wherever two or more are gathered, He's in their midst. God's right here. Don't miss this moment. Close your eyes. If you're comfortable, would you just right out in front of you, lift your hands like you're receiving something from God. God, you speak. You speak to us, God. We want a moment with you. Worship you, God. Don't get disengaged. Stay engaged. Stay in this moment. The presence of God is here. the young person who's needed peace in their life. This is the moment that God gives you your peace. This is the moment that God gives you your peace. To the young person who has been struggling with mental health stuff, when you've been struggling with anxiety, this is where God gives you strength. It's this moment, don't miss it. Those of you who've had no hope, when you look down the tunnel of life, you don't see any light down there. This is where God gives you hope. To the young person that, that you've been you've been struggling, feeling feeling uncomfortable in your own skin. This is where God, the comforter, gives you comfort. 
God, we thank you for your presence. God, we thank you that you're near to us in every moment. But God, there's also unique moments. There's specific moments, God. There's specific moments where you, you show up in a unique way. You did it on the Mount of Transfiguration. You do it in this room right now. And we don't want to miss the moment. So now we make room for you to work. Make room for you to do whatever you want to do in this place, in our hearts, in our lives. Don't lose this moment. Don't disengage. Don't disengage. Don't let anyone around you steal this moment. If you need to move away from some people, if you need to get to your own, your own spot in the room, go do that. Don't miss your moment. You could be around friends that are helping you engage in this moment. You could be around friends that are disengaging you in this moment. I love, I love seeing people in moments of worship when they got their arm around, when boys got their arm around their boy and they're, they're helping each other stay accountable to being engaged in a moment. Sometimes you gotta move around to have your moment with God. God, we thank you for the proximity we can have with you because of Jesus. Now we worship you. We posture our hearts towards you, God, so that in every moment, we lean into you and what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. And this is where I lay it down. Every burden, every crown. This is my surrender. This is my surrender, and here is where I lay it down. Every lie and every doubt, this is my surrender. Come on, we sing. And I will make room for you.
Before we conclude the night, I want to remind us all about what it is that Corey said about Judas and about proximity to God. It's so crazy to think that Judas was kind of as close to Jesus as anybody's ever going to get, right? He was one of his 12 disciples, and it's so crazy to think that as close as he was to Jesus, at no point did he ever actually know Jesus. And so I kind of want to allow all of us to reflect on the sincerity of our relationship with God. How many of us maybe come here every Wednesday and are close to Jesus in proximity. Maybe we've even memorized how to put on the same illusion that Judas has put on to trick everybody else into thinking that we know God when actually we don't. And we know the moments in the songs to raise our hands. We know when to get our notebooks out. We know when to stand up, when to sit down, when to get on our knees, when to stand up again, when to put our hands up again. But all we're doing is just putting on this illusion to trick people when at no point do we actually ever know Jesus. I think it'd be such a waste for us to be able to come here every Wednesday and to never surrender our lives to God. I would like to invite every one of you guys to allow God to just test the sincerity of your heart. Repent of sin, trust in Christ. Keep coming here and growing in relationship with him, amen? All right, guys, can we give a round of applause for Corey with that awesome message and everybody that surrendered their lives to Jesus today. Hey guys, just a couple reminders, just a couple reminders. Next seven days, if you surrender your life to Christ for the first time today, we would like to remind you about next seven days. Just text bridgeYTH underscore, just DM us next seven days. We'll make sure that we connect you guys and uh, just stick with you guys on this journey and get you with a little rubric to just begin your relationship with God. And if you are here on Wednesday, we want to make sure that we see you on Sundays as well at 1130 for our Bridge News service. We have connect groups going on this Sunday. And one more thing before we conclude the service, raise your hand if you go to Dorothy, Dorothy McElhaney Middle. Hey guys, I have some unfortunate news. We just got messages from the faculty at Dorothy right as the message was ending that there's actually not going to be our first club of the year tomorrow, which means that we're only postponing it one more week. So next week, we're gonna have a pizza party for you guys at Dorothy and we'll get that club uh, kickstarted. All right, guys, we'll see you guys all next week or on Sunday. Good night. <laughs>